With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome to the Tinderbox. We are the podcast for Matchsticks and Gasoline, the Calgary Flames website for SB Nation. It's been a very long time. But Mark, Maddie, Michael, Gordy, we're all here today. We have a full house to discuss. Uh, it's a horrible trumpet. The end of an era in Calgary. And no, 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 not the uh, Troy Brower era, which uh, ended uh, two weeks ago. But an actual potential era as the uh, expansion draft is tonight. The Seattle Kraken at 8 p.m. Eastern time. And I say that with my East Coast bias and Maddie's East Coast bias because that's where we're from. Uh, we'll be selecting their players to build their roster. Before we get to that, everybody, how you doing? I've missed you guys. And gal. <laughs> we're nice getting some weather back. here, but we're great. You're getting weather. Michael's having lunch and Gordy's on a short leash. So this is good. We're going to smash through this right now and crush it. So um, if all is to be believed and reports are to be true and guesses are to be correct and rumors are to be verified, Mark Giordano will be the 12th pick in the expansion draft tonight for the Seattle Kraken as they will build their franchise. And the 12th player they will add will be the second longest tenured captain in Calgary Flames history. And pretty much what seems like all-around good guy in Mark Giordano. Um, Michael, your thoughts on the captain going west, potentially? Well, I mean, we've seen this coming for such a long time. Like, I was looking at some old pieces we did back in, like, 2019-20, and it was even pretty obvious then that, like, Gio was more than likely going to end up there. So, I mean, I'm sad as a fan, but, like, in terms of, like, running a team as, you're supposed to, which is like cold and calculated. Like, I think I'm excited about the future now that they have all that cap space. And like, thanks to Seattle, they actually, the flames kind of get to change up their core without actually having to change up their core by making a trade or something. So I'm excited for the future, but kind of sad today. Gordy, your thoughts on uh, Geo potentially, most likely definitely going to the Kraken. Yeah, I think Michael hit the nail on the head for, the majority of the benefits. I mean, that 6.75 million is, you know, it's going to go to re-signing some important pieces or it's going to go to bringing in some important pieces. And Giordano is a lifelong flame. Not many guys, and as long as he did in the flaming sea and it's tough to lose your captain, but yeah, it's, it's, it's not really like a shocking piece of news. It's kind of felt like a, slow build that we all knew was coming and today is just finally the day it's going to happen so it's it's a sad day but but at the end of the day this is a business where you have to get better and i think this will help make the flames better in the long run maddie your take definitely agree uh i don't know who did the tweet from the main account last night that it it felt like for a while like we've been winding up for this and we felt ready for it to happen but also now don't feel ready for it um it's it's bittersweet for sure and i mean to sort of add on this opens up a space to 
finally play some of the kids like we've been screaming for for forever um that's not a bad thing either but it's definitely bittersweet for sure anybody think oliver shillington's a little bit excited right now that maybe just maybe like he'll get a chance he's he didn't get you know he allegedly will not be taken by the kraken he will be one of the the 18 guys that don't get picked so maybe maybe that'll happen but um i'm kind of with everybody here on the mark giordano front um it's just he I think the writing was definitely on the wall. It was definitely time for the flames and the captain to move on and find uh, greener pastures or different pastures. Um, his play has definitely declined over the last couple of seasons. Um, if we were to be believed at what happened last year, he may or may not have been part of the Matthew Kachuk debacle at the you know beginning of the season. So um, nobody I think is really surprised that this is actually going to happen tonight. I mean, Seattle could obviously completely change course and do something completely different. But um, if you're going to start a team, um, a veteran leader, a guy who's been a captain for a while, a guy who for a long time was, you know, the the top guy on the blue line for the Flames, not a bad guy to start with. No, anybody got a take on that? Michael? Well, I mean, it, it, all, sorry, it, all, it all culminated in 2018-19. I mean, seeing him win the Norris was as good as it gets for defensemen, and we were all on the – Mark Giordano trained that year and it, it felt like that was kind of the, the peak of his career and we all got to enjoy it. So it's kind of the twilight years now and it's, it's not as hard to lose him. I'd say. Michael, your thoughts. Yeah, I think Gory's kind of hitting it. It's just, um, it's one of those things we've seen his decline for long enough that it's, it's kind of just makes sense to change up everything. Like it, nothing was working with the core of the team. Like, I think it makes a lot of sense for Seattle, too, to bring in at least that veteran guy, although I've seen reports from people on Twitter that are verified that were saying he might be getting flipped to the Rangers or something, which I thought made sense before the expansion draft. So I guess we'll see what happens there. But, like, either way, I kind of think it's good for everyone involved. I think just everyone needs a new new look at things. And whether Seattle keeps him or not, I think it's a benefit to them as well. Maddie, would you be surprised if he got flipped to the Rangers? I had heard that today as well. I was listening to Sportsnet 960. Um, they were doing some stuff around the house, and they had mentioned that potentially the Kraken take him, and then they flip him to New York to send him to a contender. But neither of those teams are really contenders at this point, are they? No, they're definitely not. And the Rangers sort of weirdly seem to think that they are. So I don't know if they've galaxy-brained themselves into thinking that that's like a helping Giordano out sort of move but yeah it's it's a weird situation that said you know I I don't think it's a bad ad for Seattle whether they keep him or flip him um because that is something that they have to think about too is they're getting more players than they probably know what to do with so some of that you have to think about how they can potentially you know mortgage that into fitting some other needs so yeah, no, that makes sense because I mean, if a they can t- if Calgary can dump like we talked earlier six point seven five million dollars off their books, that's great. And then if the Kraken can dump six point seven five million off their books by trading him to somebody else, that does make sense. But can you imagine the Twitter uproar when Giordano skates with Adam Fox? Because I don't know if you guys heard Adam Fox plays for the Rangers and the Flames did draft him at some point. Anybody heard that recently? Big if true. <laughs> so, um, yeah, and. and I think, you know, when you think of Giordano, um, 
I try to like not cut out the last two seasons, but you really try to remember just what a great player, what a great captain he was for Calgary. Um, he's second overall in games played with the Flames uh, with 949. Obviously, he now will not catch Jerome McGinley. I don't think he would have anyway. Um, you know, he's second um, overall, uh, fifth overall in assists, eighth overall in points. He's got the ninth most shorthanded goals, and he's fourth in shots in Flames history. Um, not getting too far ahead of ourselves, but um, clearly not going to get the forever aflame treatment. But um, Gordy, do we, uh, not we, but do the Flames hang number five in the Raptors when he decides to call it a day? Or is he a borderline candidate? Well, I on another team, I would say he's pretty much a shoe-in, given the fact that he's such a tenured captain and he has a significant piece of hardware. But then you consider that, like, Al McKinnis doesn't even have his number retired. And then, like, like Mark Giordano did not do more for the Flames than Al McKinnis did or have his decorated career as he did so like I'm not sure but at the same time the ownership group definitely likes the guys who hang around for a long time so I I could see it happening but I I've given up trying to guess who will and who won't be properly honored by this group yeah Michael to piggyback off that too we'll say also no Joe Neuendijk no Theo Fleury uh Michael what do you think I mean, I've had the discussion off and on, like on Twitter over the years, just with people following us. And it's it's one of those things where, like Gordy said, like you could see other teams kind of doing it, but it just seems like the Flames have had such a high threshold for getting your number retired. Like when you look at the three actual retired numbers in Lanny, Iggy, and Vernon, like as good as Gio was, I just don't know if he quite approaches that territory. Like Gordy said, there's Newendike, who is forever aflamed, and McKinnis, and it's really hard to say if he Gio quite works his way into that conversation just because for the whole time he was captain, they didn't really have any success past the regular season. And they, although he was really good and he was probably one of the top defenders in the league for a number of years there. Like it just, it seems like it's just not quite enough based on the precedent the flames have set so far for retiring guys. Maddie, do you have any thoughts on that or um, is it pretty much the same? Feels the same, but I would like to, work towards manifesting so like a better fate for him so <laughs> i would like to see it it hurts my heart that it's it's a probably not at this point but i'm gonna put put energy into it happening yeah i just feel like it's one of those it's one of those weird arguments or not even arguments discussions that in the end i um it matters probably to the person not as much to the person as it does to the fan base where they clamor for that stuff but with you know, three all-time flames still not being up there, and the and Kipper still being, you know, I know he's fishing somewhere, but like you know, he's still up in the wind, two-legged in the air. If anybody's, you know, should be up there, it should definitely be him. So, um, yeah, I'm kind of probably with you guys too. I don't uh, if he has his number retired, great. If he doesn't, whatever. It's not a real big deal to me. You know, I just, you know, it's just it's one of those weird days where it's kind of like it's not as odd as the day that Aginla was traded, then not traded, then traded. Um, with Boston and Pittsburgh, but I, it's going to be weird, I think, looking out on the ice next year without number five skating around out there. Um, and I don't imagine the Flames are going to hand out that number five anytime soon. And if it's any consolation to Mark Giordano, he never gets his number retired. We did rank him as the greatest player to ever wear number five in Flames history. So, I mean, that in its own right should be enough for him. So he's earned he's earned that distinction um, at minimum. So I, I guess our next question is, what do the Flames do now? 
Um, they've got Tanev, they've got Hannafin, they've got Anderson, and then a whole bunch of, you know, dropping in after that. And then if you believe any, you know, trade rumors, free agency, draft, whatever, Hannafin could be a trade piece. Tanev could be a trade. Like, what are, like, what are the Flames going to do defensively now? Uh, Maddie, do you have a, you got any idea? I mean, there are some kids, but I don't know if kids are ready. Yeah, that's the thing. And I feel like so jaded at this point where my sort of realistic expectation is they're not gonna do anything i'm not really expecting a big addition this summer um and especially looks like seattle's picking up a couple of free agents so the uh the market there is getting a bit thinner um yeah, I, I think it's I think it's gonna be kids. I I haven't really heard any names kicking around that they've been interested in, so my expectations are pretty low at this point, unfortunately. But well, yeah. it's not gonna be Nikita Nesterov because he's gone back to Russia. Uh, Gordy, how many players at six points? How many seven hundred thousand dollar players can you buy with six point seven five million dollars? <laughs> A lot, but <laughs> which is which is probably what they'll do, unfortunately. But um, to answer the defense question, I think it's it's pretty much Hannafin and Tanev's first pairing now, without a doubt. Like, there's no more yeah. kind of weaseling Giordano into the top pairing and seeing what he can do. The the spot to fill, without a doubt, is going to be that second pairing left side D. And there's a lot of options out there. There's been a lot of buyouts and a lot of decent veterans and stuff that I think you could get at a reasonable price. Whether the Flames get them at a reasonable price will be seen. I don't really, not a big fan of the deal that Adam Larson signed with the Kraken today, if that's kind of setting the market price for defensemen. But yeah, it'll it'll be interesting because I'm not sure Val Mackey or Mackey can probably step into that that much ice time right away. But it'll be a season of growth for the growth for the Flames, and we'll see what they can do. Michael, is there a potential that we see Michael Stone back with the Flames for the 500th time next season? I mean, I don't mind it based on how he played last year. Like, I was not happy when they brought him back, but he worked his way into the lineup, and I thought last year he was actually okay for what he was doing. And for him, like, okay is the equivalent of, like, an A-plus for anyone else. So, like, I was fine with it. And if they bring him back, like, league men again, play him in the 7D spot, like, I – I really don't have any issues with it. Like, I think there's worse options out there for sure. And yeah, if he's just playing like half the games or something, I have no problem with that. Yeah. I guess the idea of bringing stone back could make sense. I mean, I don't know if you bring him back to plop him on the line with Rasmus Anderson and have that as your top four. I don't like that idea, but then again, um, I don't think Valamaki's play last year made anybody go, Ooh, yeah, he's ready to break into that, you know, second pairing. And uh, Oliver Shillington, I think, just is waiting for somebody to call and take him away from the Flames to give him a shot. So, yeah, and uh, I don't, yeah, Mackie looked decent um, in his limited time with, you know, the Flames last season, but I don't, I just think they're, Giordano moving on was definitely the the right thing to do. The move made sense, but now it's where do you fill that? What does a guy like Daryl Sutter want filled into that spot? And I think that's really, I don't think he's sticking around for a, rebuild on the fly you know i think he's going to tool his team up to what he thinks it should be in the offseason so it will be interesting um i guess we'll move ahead to the kraken um 
going to be a new rival. I kind of like the geographical sort of, it's kind of almost Western Canada, you know, because Seattle's up so close. It's obviously a natural arrival with Vancouver, but I think it'll be good with Edmonton and Calgary. Um, has anybody actually looked at the list of players that they're allegedly going to draft? Um, when you go up and down and it's not exactly a murderer's row of, uh, <laughs> of NHL stars, and that could very well be smart, just pieces they're picking up to draft, and then they're going to sign people with big money. Um, anybody have an opinion on what they've done so far? Gordy, have you looked at any of it yet? Yeah, I actually think they're going to be pretty decent. It seems like they have a much more significant pool of talent to draft from mm-hmm. than Vegas. I think Vegas kind of got lucky with how inexperienced a lot of those GMs were with kind of the protection deals. And I think they got a lot of players that way. Whereas, I don't know, I think I think Seattle is going to be able to ice a good team right away, just like Vegas, whether they achieve the same level of success will be seen. But I don't know. I think they've they've made some pretty smart picks from the unfortunate leaks that we've seen. I think that, uh, as a kind of a side note, I'm not a big fan of that. I was kind of looking forward to the suspense and uh, pageantry of the draft. But I, honestly, I think they're making the right moves. I, I would have taken Price. I'll put that out there. But yeah. I think they'll be pretty good. They'll be a fun opponent to face four or five times next season. That was going to be my next question, Michael. I'll throw that one to you and Maddie as Gordy touched on it. Um, are they nuts for not taking price? I mean, was it maybe a money thing or or is it just a play? Will they work out a deal for him after the expansion draft? Um, Michael, what are your thoughts on that right now? Because they took Kale Flurry, defenseman from Montreal. They didn't go price. And I guess the two-part question, A, are you surprised Seattle didn't take him? And B, are you surprised he was available? Um, I was a bit surprised, although after it came out pretty much right after they exposed him that uh, he had an injury. Like I, I wasn't quite as surprised, but like just given his contract and everything, um, I kind of understand why Seattle didn't take him. I took him in the mock draft just because I like chaos. And I thought that would be very chaotic and Montreal <laughs> would burn to the ground. But um, yeah, no, it's, it's one of those things where it's, if they'd taken him, like you would have immediately had your face of the franchise, which I don't really see right now on Seattle. I don't see like, that one name that's going to be around there for a few years, it's really going to be like the big face off the hop that's going to sell all the jerseys. But at the same time, like that's a big contract to take on ten and a half million for, I think, another four years. Like That's a contract that if he's not playing up to the level he did in these playoffs, it's going to sewer the team immediately. And it, it's just one of those things where I, I think they went with the safer option, which sometimes a safer option can protect you from like totally bottoming out, but it's also going to lower their ceiling. And just looking at the crack and goalies who they took, I think it's like Drieger, Vanacek and Joey Decord from Ottawa. Like I don't, I know Drieger was really good the last couple of years in Florida, but mostly as a backup, like I don't see a lot for them in goaltending. That's going to really like scream number one to me. Like if, if these guys aren't ready to take a bigger role with Seattle, like that's one position they might actually end up struggling in. If Maddie looks like ready for a big role. Sorry, Michael. Yeah, Maddie seems like she definitely agrees with you. Maddie, your thoughts on uh, no carry price because Vegas did the smart thing where they took Flurry and immediately had a goalie face of the franchise guy who could lead them. Uh, what are your thoughts? Yeah, it's um definitely a little baffling there. And I mean, there's obviously some risk or would have been some risk with taking price just because of the injury situation. Um, but yeah, they left some interesting names on the table or like 
you know, not taking Price, not taking Tarasenko. Uh, they could have grabbed like James Van Riemsdyk from the Flyers and instead took an AHL fourth liner. So Carson Tornitsky. Yeah, yeah. 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 Some of those picks I'm I'm pretty baffled by. Um, I don't think they're gonna be a bad team by any means, but I don't know. It's it's interesting. It definitely seems like their thing is they're trying to avoid taking on any really big contracts. It seems mm-hmm. like they're kind of trying to hold open some cap space, I guess presumably they're going to be pretty active in the free agent market um but it's interesting now someone brought up today what if seattle was doing all this to save money build things up draft picks up to walk up to the podium with the number two pick and then have traded it to buffalo for jack eichel uh, and someone and i think it was kevin weeks was on today on sportsnet 960 and he said you know yeah, there's something to be said for that, but there's also something to be said for stepping up to the podium and actually making an actual pick, you know, because he brought up the fact that when he was in Florida, they took um, Niedermeyer. He was there. That was the pick at, when they were up there. And then he said, I went in the next round. He's like, there's something to be said for being I'm the first pick of a franchise. Uh, does anybody see Seattle trading that pick or you think they'll hop in and take a, uh, a uh, talented big name youngster? I think they keep it. And it's probably going to be Maddie Beniers at that pick, and he's outstanding. I'm a huge fan of him. <laughs> um, yeah, I. It would be really fun to see how much chaos they could reap from moving that pick, but uh, no, I'm I'm expecting that they keep it. Michael, would you like to see the live cam in Eichel's living room as he's been traded to the Seattle Kraken from Buffalo? I mean, I think he's probably better off going to a team that hasn't played a game than sticking in Buffalo. So, like, <laughs> has Buffalo really played a game though? <laughs> yeah, they probably have the same number of wins next year if Eichel gets traded. So, but yeah, it's um, I I, I would like to see it too, just kind of because I like to see a bit of chaos. But um, no, I think like Maddie said, like Beniers is really good and. Just to make that pick and kind of get things rolling. Although we saw with Vegas now, they've traded all of their first round picks from their first year in existence. So, I mean, like, I think anything's on the table. It seems like Seattle's kind of willing to just try a bunch of stuff. Like, they send a bunch of offers to teams about keeping guys and getting picks instead. And I think we're not going to see that many of those side deals go down tonight. But I think it could be a lot more in terms of once they get guys in, we could see them flipping and maybe those deals will go down. But... In terms of the draft, now I think they're just going to stick with their pick and be really happy with what they end up with. Gordy, how about you? No Eichel to Seattle, right? <laughs> oh yeah, no, no Eichel. Like I mean, with this neck thing, it's it sounds like like Eichel is going to struggle to even play this year. Like that is not a situation I think anyone wants to be part of right now. But yeah, I agree with Michael. I think the only deals they're going to make, I think the. Um, the protection deals are going to be a thing of the past. I don't think we'll see many of those. I think there'll be a quite a few flip deals like, like this alleged Giordano thing. And then I, I do think they'll make their second overall pick. And then again, like you said, Vegas made all their picks and have now dealt Suzuki glass and Brandstrom and deals afterwards. Once they realize that they're essentially a win now team and use them as trade capital. So I think Ron Francis will 
see where his team's at even as early as this trade deadline and maybe they'll go from there in terms of franchise improving trades i think all of those things make sense i think you just make your pick um you know especially you know if Eichel's really hurt, let the Flames trade for him so he can be injured and not play. And, you know, Seattle just build from scratch. Um, quickly, with Geo gone now, um, I did the fun column this weekend about who should be the next Flames captain. Um, I know a lot of it is maybe you don't name a captain. You just put three A's out there, and it's Kachuk, Monahan, and then you rotate it between Backlund and, I don't know, whoever else, Manjupani, whatever. But, um, Michael, I think you mentioned you might have been on board with it, but anybody else on board with me about giving Luch the C if he uh, actually steps onto the ice with Calgary next season? I think he's a ready-made captain. Um, he's the only guy that doesn't give you a canned answer. He tells it like it is after the game. Um, most of the time, he sticks up for his teammates on the ice. Um, is he captain material, Matty, or is he looking like he's just one of those guys that's like, just let me play hockey and go home? I, I don't hate it i do wonder if you lose you will lose a bit of that sort of straightforward media situation if he does become the captain like if there's some freedom that comes from being just a regular guy on the team yep. in that regard um yeah if, if i had to guess they probably don't name a captain right away it still kind of seems to me like they're angling towards having kachuk be the captain and it he probably isn't quite ready for it just yet so uh if they opt not to name anybody and just let him work towards it uh that's that's definitely not the worst thing for me gordy captain luch yes or no i'm i'm for sure down for that i think that guy's got all the young guys on the team following him already and if you're a veteran you probably like him as well but I, I, it's a, the Flames are a team that are 100% going to ice three alternates next year. Like, there's no way I think they call a captain this early. Although, maybe someone can answer this for me. How long was the period between Aginla and Giordano? It wasn't that long. Like it was just kind of the off season. Like, because they got rid of, they didn't have a captain after he was gone. And then they named him, I believe, shortly before the season. So it wasn't like it was a huge. Uh, long gap they did have a captain that full next season so I think the debate was should it be I think Camilleri was there at that point it was like should it be Camilleri or should it be Gio and then Camilleri was gone so that made it easy um, so uh, Michael just for the chaos Captain Luch. I mean yeah I'd be on board with it um, I don't know if the Flames end up doing it just because they've been a team that's kind of centered on long-term captains now for almost two decades so they might just be waiting for somebody to kind of step up next year and then make that decision but if i was doing it and if there wasn't any kind of precedent for the flames for having these captains for eight to ten years i would just say like give it to luch some there's been a lot of teams in the last couple of decades that have had that kind of short-term captain who's more of a tough guy that kind of keeps the team under account like i i just think he would be a lot of fun to see as a captain he's very smart and he's always given his best effort even if he doesn't quite have the skills he used to. Like, for a couple of years, I don't hate it. I know some people probably really hate it, but I just don't see anybody else really ready to step into that C role as soon as, like, a couple months from now. Yeah, I completely agree. And if you look back, um, you know, before Aginla picked it up, I mean, Neuendijk held it for a few, Flurry held it for a few, but it really bounced around between players. Like, they didn't have a real long set, captain i mean i think during one season like i think tim hunter and lanny mcdonald traded it 
you know, through the season. So there is, you know, precedence for having multiple captains. I don't think you really do that anymore. Um, and for short-term captains. So, yeah, again, it's, I think that's more one of those ceremonial things, but, you know, Lucic could be a leader for that team one way or another, or give him an A. I don't care. I say just give him a letter because half the people are going to hate it and that's going to make me happy. So um, I guess finally, last touch, I, Flames, uh, they're, you know, available and unavailable lists. Um, any surprises on those lists for you guys uh, who was left available? I didn't really see anybody that stuck out in my mind. I mean, I was hoping a kid like Matthew Phillips didn't go um, or Shillington because I'd like to see him get a shot. Same thing with Luch and Godden, mainly Lucic because then I wouldn't have had a column for last week. But, I mean, out of what was there, uh, Maddie, any surprises or pretty much standard what you thought would be there? Yeah, not really any surprises there. It all things considered, it kind of did feel like there was only going to be one right answer for what the protection mm-hmm. list looks like. Uh, and we got it. So yeah. thanks, I guess. Seattle's just mad because Derek Anglin wasn't available. Uh, Michael, <laughs> uh, on the flip side, the protected list, um, I was pleasantly surprised Michael Backlund was on the protected list. And I thought he could be one of those guys, you know, due to performance and contract that, you know, might have had a chance to land outside of that. But I'm pleasantly surprised and happy he was on that list. Doesn't mean they won't move him or try, but what are you thinking? I mean, like, I wouldn't be opposed to moving him, but, like, there wasn't really anybody else, in my opinion, that was worth protecting over him, especially after they traded Sam Bennett at the deadline. Like, that was the only option where I saw the Flames might have considered moving Backland or exposing him at least, was that if Bennett had taken that last spot, if it was another, like, great playoff run or something, maybe that would have been a thing, but... No, I think Backlund, he's still got it. He's still putting up great numbers in terms of points and his uh, 5v5 performance. So I don't, if they want to move him, like, I don't absolutely hate it, but I also don't think he's a guy that they should just part with for the heck of it. Makes total sense. Um, by the way, Sam Bennett protected by the Florida Panthers, the 2021-22 Rocket Richard candidate, Sam Bennett, uh, protected by the Panthers. Um, they love their new toy. Good for them. Um, anybody got anything else before we bounce out of here for the day? Michael, anything? No, I'm all good here. Maddie, anything you want to add? Are you surviving over there? You have, you're not under tornado watch or anything? We got one really loud clap of thunder, and I'm wondering if the microphone picks it up. Um, I could see your I face. Just... Hmm? <laughs> I could see your face when it happened. It was like one of those, oh, God, should we be done? <laughs> yeah. I, I saw the flash of lightning out the window, too. <laughs> like, oh, what's happening? <laughs> Excellent. All right. Well, we got a weather report and nothing from Michael. Awesome. All right. Well, listen, if you enjoyed this rambling podcast, please find us on iTunes, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. Just search the Tinderbox or Matchsticks and Gasoline. And you can also find us under most Calgary Flames podcast listings. You can find us on Twitter at MatchsticksCGY, on Facebook, facebook.com backslash Matchsticks and Gasoline, and on the internet web at www.matchsticksandgasoline.com. Dot com. Thank you so much for joining us. The expansion draft is tonight, Wednesday at 8 p.m. Eastern time on, I think, pretty much any network that has sports, whether it's uh, Sportsnet in Canada, TSN in Canada, ESPN here in the States. Uh, if you have hockey on your TV, you should be able to find it. And uh, if you're wondering why we're talking about this today, it is reported that the Flames will lose their captain and 15-year veteran Mark Giordano in the expansion draft tonight the Seattle Kraken with their 12th pick. Tune in tonight and see what happens. And we thank you all for joining us on this episode of The Tinderbox. We will catch you next time.